0: Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finnern, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. A blessed Pentecost season to all of you this Monday, June the 13th, as the light of Jesus shines on us from Genesis chapter 15. This is a chapter that we often will know because this is the calling of the covenant, with Abram or Abraham and I remember as a kid uh, you would stand you would go outside we lived in the country and be able to look at the stars and there's a time where you started counting and you started to think maybe I could count them all because you know just because I had that thought of course I probably got to like 50 and stopped or something along those lines But it is something that really is a visual for us today when it speaks about that his nation, Abram's nation, his name would be as many as the stars in the sky. A great visual to remind us that God's promises go beyond ourselves. And obviously, this points to the whole world and the promises we have in Christ. So once again, as we look at this, we open up our Bibles, we put on our Christ goggles for the gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's Word this morning, we welcome Pastor Marty Mabley of Lord of Glory Lutheran Church in Elk River, Minnesota. Pastor Mabley, welcome to Thy Strong Word. Thank you so much, Brady. It's great to be with you and all your listeners. Pastor Mably, this is our first time together. Tell us about yourself, your family, and the work of the saints at Lord of Glory.
1: Well, uh, I uh, am initially from uh, Illinois, Springfield to be exact. Um, My wife and I met in college. We've been married. It'll be close to 28 years. Uh, She's a a fifth grade school teacher, and we have two beautiful uh, young adult daughters. Uh, I've been serving at Lord of Glory in Elk River for it'll be 12 years here now, just a couple of weeks. Uh, a great group of the saints in God's kingdom, uh, doing great work in both Elk River and in Big Lake, and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. We've also have the honor of uh, being the host of a brand new high school that, as of today, finishing its first year. Uh, Good Shepherd Lutheran High School, and excited that tonight we'll be uh, uh, celebrating our first graduation. We'll have three students graduating tonight, so we're really excited about that as
0: well. And Pastor, uh, that is a quite the undertaking to start a high school. Just quickly, tell us about how that happened and uh, the blessings you've seen.
1: You know, it it really has been a chance to see God working. Uh, in, in a great way. Uh, there's been an effort in this area of Minnesota for, gosh, probably over a decade, I think longer than I've been in a river, to start a high school and uh, have run into roadblocks here and there. And then a few years ago, a couple of the uh, people who were trying to spearhead this effort uh, just happened to stop by our church. And I was there, and we visited for a little bit, and they told Uh, shared with me what their hopes and plans were, and uh, we had a couple more meetings, and and as we were talking, one of the things that they shared was uh, that they were struggling to find a space. Um, Rent was high, and they really didn't have an option to buy because they were just starting out, and I thought to myself, you know what? Uh, We've got the space here at our church that's somewhat quiet, especially during weekdays, and Lo and behold, we were both thinking the same thing at the same time, and the next time we saw each other, we brought it up, and then, uh, yeah, it it, uh, just really fell well together. The church members have uh, been thrilled to be hosts to this. Uh, The school has been very, very thankful. Uh, We're in a great location for it, Um, and it's just been a a great way to see God bringing uh, together a couple of different groups in the kingdom and, and doing some really, really neat things.
0: It's a good reminder to our listeners to pray for our Lutheran schools, especially our high schools. They are they are placed in a very unique position to witness and proclaim Christ to young people at a very formidable age. And something like Good Shepherd, which has been thought about for many years, has come to fruition. So the Word of God is being proclaimed. The Instructed in the uh, fear of the Lord, and also, so we pray for our teachers, especially our students, and the churches that are hosting them, like Laura Glory. So, um, just a reminder to keep uplifting them in your prayers. And Pastor, as we speak about prayer, we hear in the Word of God in Genesis chapter fifteen. Can you begin our time and ask the Lord's blessing in prayer? I'd be honored to, Brady.
1: Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for your word that continues to come to us, to speak to us, to to offer and deliver your promises as you did to Abraham. You still offer promises to us today, promises of life and faith and salvation and an incredible future with you in eternity. We ask your blessing upon our time today as we dig into your word that you would give to us and you would work in us that which you have already deemed to do. We pray this all in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Amen. If you have any questions concerning our text, which is Genesis chapter 15, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org. We begin by hearing the word of God, which is Genesis chapter 15. We'll be reading the whole chapter and coming back and receiving uh, just themes and background and everything else. But this is very much so a very commonly understood text. It's quoted quite a bit in the Confessions. It's quoted quite a bit in the New Testament because it involves the promises of God to Abraham. And it speaks about faith. So let us begin Genesis 15, we'll be reading from the English Standard Version. We hear the word of our Lord. After these things, the word of the Lord Yahweh came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold. You have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord Yahweh came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and the number of the stars. If you're able to number them. then he said to them, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord Yahweh, and he, and he counted it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out from the Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? And he said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he brought all these, cut them in half and laid laid each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell of Abraham. Abram, excuse me. And behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be a serv- and will be servants there, and they'll be afflicted for four hundred years, and I will bring judgment on the nation, but they serve. That they serve, and afterward they shall come out with the great possessions. As for you yourself, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fiery pot, fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, "To your offspring I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites and the Kenazites, the Kadamites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites." This is our the word of our Lord today, Pastor. How do you want to start us off so we start off on the right foot? Well, as as
1: Brady, we know we were taught, and, and, and we teach our, our people and our students. It's always good to set the context here. Um, this chapter is is following uh, again a very well known, I think, uh, portion of scripture in the Old Testament with Abraham, with uh, uh, his rescue of, of Lot and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, and then this this wonderful yet quite mysterious interaction with Melchizedek, and and after that, we come to these—and for me, as I I look at this text, it was this overwhelming message of God's promise, God's Mm -hmm. promise to Abraham first, uh, the promise of the seed, and then after that, the promise of land. Uh, I I know that a lot of times when I speak about Abraham, especially with my confirmation students, I I speak of the threefold promise that— uh, God made with Abraham for uh, a great uh, a great nation the seed of course and then a great land and then ultimately uh, the promise of uh, one who would be a blessing to all nations that we know as Jesus Christ uh, that promises comes uh, in Genesis 22 but again here we see just this overwhelming uh, sense of God promising and delivering his gifts, who uh, who is a hero of the faith, but also at the same time a poor, miserable sinner like all of us.
0: (laughs) That's exactly right. And we've seen that quite a bit, for example, in in, uh, Genesis chapter 12, at the end, they go to Egypt and it's like, oh boy, you know, my wife is pretty good looking, and these guys are not going to treat me well if I say we're married. And then he just did not trust the promises of the Lord. You have Abram and Lot separating in chapter thirteen, um, and you have Abram just gets caught in a bind, and Abram uh, with Lot, uh, and Lot needs to be rescued, and just kind of this back and forth, which really is no different than the rest of us, right? I mean, this this shows a very real Abram. But we also are always countered back to his faith in the Lord Yahweh and the promise of a Messiah. Pastor, anything else you want to highlight? Oh, I just uh, to
1: echo what you were saying—that uh, uh, Abram is, is about uh, taking care of number one, which is himself. <laughs> and and what what's so beautiful about, it, especially in this text, is you see in the context of, of him struggling in his sin. Um, that God just keeps coming at him with these promises, and God continues to to be faithful to his promise to love Abraham and to
0: bless him, and in
1: the end, bless all of
0: us. And that's where, um, when we're able to see it through the lens of how you described it, and able to see it through the lens of faith, we, one, fully understand the moments where Abraham, for example, laughs at God when he says that you'll have a child. But well, we also are humbled and we pray that the Lord would do this for us is that when him and Lot, and we learned this last week with Pastor Matt Gunia, that when, when it was him and Lot who, you know, there's too many, there's too many cooks in the kitchen, if you will, and, and, and there they, the, the offer from Abram was not, listen, God called me to be the stud. You are not. You go over there. I'll go over here because I'm the boss and I have more stuff than you. No, nah 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 no, nah, nah, kind of thing. He didn't do that at all. He could have done that, but he didn't do that. But gave him the offer, and in humility and faith and love, knew that the Lord would lead him to Canaan and that the Lord would provide. And there, you know, Lot made his decisions, and those decisions were, he didn't know door number three and all of that, but he did that out of faith. And so continually, he comes back in faith, and we see that in crisis on uh, our own lives. We pray that the Lord works faith manifests his faith in our lives so people not only can see it but they that they give glory to the Lord obviously um, but we see that in Abram too so we see his the downfalls and and the lack of faith but then we see how the Lord instills in him the the, the faith in the promise but yet the Lord continually shows him how he had been faithful and will continue to be faithful so I, I just find it to be a very real reality a real uh, picture of a real person in history, much like us. Any thoughts?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, just the highs and lows. uh, I was visiting with one of the teachers this morning as she was coming in. I'm like, well, how are you doing on this last day at school? And she's like, well, A, it's the last day at school, and B, it's a beautiful sunny day here in Minnesota. So, you know, we all have those moments where we're riding high and and we're, we're doing great, and then it seems like you flip a switch, and we turn around, and we're struggling, and we're failing. And, and through it all, God remains faithful uh, to his promise. Uh, Brady, you'll you'll appreciate this, being uh, a Minnesotan. Uh, I heard a great analogy recently. Um, two guys are, are coming to a, a pond, and it's November, and it's Minnesota, and the big question is always, is the ice thick enough yet? Yes. <laughs> And one one guy says, Well, you know, I just don't know. I don't feel very trustworthy. And so he decides that he's gonna take one step at a time very gingerly across this pond, just not quite for sure if the the ice is thick enough and his buddy he throws caution to the wind. He jumps on his four wheeler and he takes across on the pond. And in the end, both of them make it across the pond. And so the question is is well, what got them there? Was it there is it is it them? Is it is it something that they thought or did they decided? No, the reality is it's the ice that got them across the pond, mm-hmm. and and I think you see that with throughout Scripture, but especially with Abraham, that it's God who is the one that we trust, and and He's the one that works us in us, and whether we're having a great day where our faith is firing on all cylinders or if we're struggling. Right, that it's a gift of God, and it's God who saves us ultimately, and we see that so much here in this text with Abraham.
0: I'm thinking of, you know, some trust in chariots and <laughs> and some trust in ice, and I don't know. Just just so everyone knows, if you're not a Minnesotan. The ice is probably not thick enough in November, in case you're wondering. So, anyways. But yeah. But there's
1: always one person, isn't
0: there? There always is one. So, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. That's our text today. So, Pastor, are you ready to dig in? Let's go. All right. So, Genesis chapter 15, we'll begin in the first six verses. After these things, the word of the Lord Yahweh came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward should be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless in the air of my house as Eliezer of Damascus. You know what? I'm going to stop there, Pastor, because I think that sets the context beautifully. So right now, the Lord comes to him and says, Fear not. And what does Abram say? That's
1: <laughs> the he's like, well, hey, you know, I've got this uh, problem here right in front of me that you're not fixing, so uh, what are you going to do about that?
0: (laughs) It's kind of like, fear not, but I'm kind of fearful because uh, I don't really like the house of Eliezer. Um, This is not a good solution, so tell me more, Lord. And Pastor, how often do we do something similar than this, or in what way? Oh, absolutely.
1: You know, God comes to us with his his promises to us, and and yet, you know, maybe we're, we're a little late in eating our dinner, and so we become almost slaves, you can say, to to the demands at the time, and we're worried more about that. And and in the process, you know, we don't always see or recognize or rejoice in these incredible promises uh, that God gives us. And, and just looking at this text again, I, for us today, right, the Word of the Lord comes to Abram, uh, just as that word of the Lord continues to come to us, um, and He speaks to us these great, incredible promises um, that that sustain us, that save us, um, and and again, we just we struggle because, okay, God, I know You love me, um, but you know my life today it, it really kind of stinks. Mm-hmm. and 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 God doesn't God doesn't turn around and leave us, but He
0: He continues to come uh, to us with. His love and grace, and it's it's always interesting to me because we might first think, well, if the Lord came to me, I would listen to every single word, no question about it. I'd be like, yep, yeah, okay, all right, whatever you said is good. But I I fear that if the Lord came to me in a vision and told me something that was not quite manifested in my life yet, I would have the same reaction. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not so I'm not so sure about that. And that's a good reminder. No. Why he needs to fill us with faith by his Holy Spirit, through his gifts, in order for us to continue to confess the truth of who he is. Pastor, anything else in the first two verses? Um, Well, again, so,
1: you know, you think about Abraham, even, you know, you know the context of the story. You know how God has already worked incredibly in his life and and what he has seen God do. Um, And and yet still here he struggles. Uh, he still has questions. He still has doubts, um, and and yet, God is faithful. God comes to him. He's you know he's gotten this, and we can if we stop to think about it, yeah, we would be right there with him. Um, you know, he and, and and his wife, you know, they're getting up there. They know this is well past the time. So, you, you know, just the practicalities of the world, we're like, God, I don't know how you're gonna do this. And, and, and so he he diverts to what was the practice of the day where you'd have the the, the head of the house the heir of the house be the one um, just trying to figure out not seeing a way how God could work through the situation um, and and yet this is what God does and, and then at the same point you know looking we want to make God too small we, we want to we're worried about the the concerns of today, like how am I going to pay for this bill, or or what is it? Um, and we want to treat God almost in a way that He's going to just big enough to solve those problems, as opposed to to doing so much more for us. And yet, God at the same time is concerned about those little things in our lives, those things that cause us pain and worry and hurt, and He still works through. Uh, his means uh, to help us there as well,
0: as I said, as he said, "Oh Lord God, what will you give me?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like when his disciples went to Jesus and it was basically said, "We want you to give me, give us what we want right now." And Jesus is like, "Yeah, all right, continue on. What do you want?" You know, knowing full well what they wanted, but just kind of playing along, if you will. And what the Lord could have done here in verse two, into verse three, yeah. is basically said, "You know what." this is what we do, right, is I'm done. Like, you know what, I, you know, actually, Eliezer, that's actually a pretty good guy. I might go with him instead of you right now. Um, But he doesn't do that. In verse 3 through 6, we get to see the the compassion and the love of our Lord because he patiently teaches and shows his promises. So let's continue verses 3 through 6. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward the heaven and the number of the stars. If you're able to number them, then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. So, Pastor, he, he gives, you know, Abram responds, Uh, probably like you and I, but then God responds. Break that down for us. Well, first off, just the fact that, again, God keeps coming to
1: Abram in his word. He just keeps coming. He doesn't get frustrated. He doesn't uh, walk away. He keeps coming. The word of the Lord keeps coming to Abram, and he gives them this incredible promise um, of an heir, of a a son. Um, And ultimately, of course, for you and I, uh, we see that in in God's son himself, God would give to Abram uh, a son in time, but also would come a son in eternity, uh, mm. who uh, would be the one to save us. Um, and He gives that to us just as He gave uh, gave Him to Abram as well. And then He takes him outside, and and I, I loved your your introduction and. And I know you and I, we we spent some time at pastor's conferences at Lutheran Island Camp, and and late at night on a crisp fall evening, again, you look out and you just see this myriad of stars, and you're reminded of the awesomeness of God's creation. And in the context of all of that, God says, yeah, I did all of this, but I am also doing this for you because I care about you. Um, And so he gives them, again... This promise, and it's a promise not just of a son, uh, but of a nation—a uh, nation that now, by faith, you and I are counted a part of Abram's heirs.
0: And and that's what's you know this goes back to. I've asked almost every guest since chapter twelve. Actually, I've asked every guest: Is uh, are you ready to start singing Father Abraham? So I extend that to you: Are you ready to start singing? Okay. I am, I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Amen. Lord. Tongue out, thumbs up, whatever it might be. Are you, are you ready to sing? Are you ready to sing, Pastor? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, maybe later. Usually they say no, and then that's an easy, okay, let's move on. But you're willing. So what? <laughs> after our break, Pastor, after our break. Okay, um, there we go. There, there you we go. go. And so he, he kind of gives a scenario. Okay, well, okay, so this is the guy. And, uh, and the Lord says, no, be your heir. Your very son will be the heir, which I love how you did that. You pointed us straight to Jesus, the one and only son, which brings us to other moments in Genesis all the time where it's obvious that this Isaac was to point us to Jesus. Or else we would. It, the story is just a nice story. But when you put that, it brings the fullness of salvation and shows us the stars, There's so many stars that are out there. And that is kind of hard to believe but that he believed it. So pastor, your thoughts on those last few verses. Well, again,
1: just a reminder of what a gift faith is, this ability to trust in him, to cling to God, and no matter what the circumstances is is such an incredible gift that God works in us just as he did in Abraham here as he keeps coming to him with his word, he he shows him and then in, in, in response Abram believes, and and God doing all the work now is, you know, we read in uh, the New Testament and Hebrews and in Romans and Galatians that God does all the work, and then He credits it to Abram. Mm-hmm. What an incredible gift! And He does the same for us today too.
0: And this is where there's many times that this is quoted in our confessions about being counted to Him as righteousness. Obviously, Luther and the reformers were very concerned about faith being the focus Uh, the faith come from as a gift from god of course but that faith is what what sustains us not our works at the same time in the new testament it quotes this and the importance of faith and we'll talk more about that on the other side of our break we are studying genesis chapter 15 with pastor marty mabley and we will be right back This is the voice of a mother in the faraway country of Georgia, reading to her six-month-old son about Jesus from a Bible storybook written in the Georgian language. The child's Bible was given to her by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, and the Holy Spirit is working powerfully through your support of LHF to make events like these happen every day. Help another family learn of the Savior. Learn how at lhfmissions.org. Welcome back. We are studying Genesis chapter 15 with Pastor Marty Mabley of Lord of Glory Lutheran Church in Elk River, Minnesota. Now, I did say that you could start singing now, but I, I don't know. Is this going to be a good idea? What do you think?
1: Well, you know, if I had my guitar with me. Ah, maybe the guitar. Could. Yeah,
0: the guitar. There you go. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll have to have you on again with your guitar. You <laughs> maybe ukulele on hand. We'll see what happens. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <That's> so Pastor <laughs> It is it is fascinating when you see verse six. It is quoted quite a bit in the New Testament. All you have to look at is in your concordance and other parts uh, in, in your in your Bible. And it, it's quoted in ironically, uh, Romans and Galatians. Two books that are very, very, very committed. And this is what Paul is doing for the church in Rome, for the church in Galatia, that it's faith that saves you. Now, it does bring up an interesting question. I've had this happen where we'll say, "There, you know, you do nothing for salvation except believe. So you're like, oh, wow, okay, so I have to believe. Pastor, how would you uh, patiently Care for the soul that says it that way. That well, okay. Well, there is one work I have to do, and that's believe. What would you tell them?
1: Well, again, we, we see here, especially in this text, where it's God who who shows Himself and He delivers these promises. You know, if we uh, if we we looked out on that 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 pond that we were talking about earlier, and we saw holes in it, we saw big cracks you know, we would definitely not go across it because it hasn't proven itself to be faithful to its promises like God has. And, and again, like we talked about with Abraham, how, boy, if, if the minute um, I, I start to make faith my work, uh, then, boy, I'm in trouble because I'm going to have good days, but I'm also going to have some really, really bad days. Uh God is the one who proves Himself trustworthy. He's the one who comes to us, just as He did to Abraham through word in His gifts, and, and He gives us this gift that now we, in response, cling to Him, uh, cling to Him for all that He has done and all He continues to do for us.
0: So let's continue to move forward here, Pastor, as we look at verses seven through eleven. As okay, so counted to Him as righteousness. Now the Lord continues to speak. And he said to him, I am the Lord Yahweh who brought you out from the Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? He said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought him all these, cut them in half, and laid each other, laid each half over against the other. But he did not cut the bird in half. And when the bird of prey, birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now, this obviously has a context to it, but I wanted to focus to begin with is the Lord repeats what he had done in the past. So any thoughts on that and why that's important? Well again just showing uh, how he what he has done how he
1: continues to be faithful to his promises and again even here as as I was looking at this text uh, to to hear that who I am the lord who brought you out of I'm, I'm fast forwarded right to to Exodus as as God takes the Israelites out of Egypt and we're on Mount Sinai and God prepares to give uh the words the commandments uh to Moses at that point uh, again god is showing himself not only lord of the universe but but lord over everything that that happens on the planet and and so god here is is showing to abraham look what i have done and and know that i will continue to be there and work for you uh, and for your
0: salvation and then he pretty much asked you know to bring sacrifices and we can get really lost in the weeds and all of this uh, but I just wanted to check with you because clearly this is just it's an example of the Old Testament time of these sacrifices brought to the Lord as an act of worship. Uh, first of all, to, you know, uh, to, 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 to call on the name of the Lord uh, as a way of, you know, like you talk about nowadays, living sacrifices in Romans chapter 12. But any other insights mm-hmm. you have on that or any other thoughts? Well, first off, I just got—I have to chuckle at Abraham at this point. You know the the two
1: verses—the you know, verse we were just talking about, verse six. You know, Abraham believed, and he counted him as righteousness. And 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 again, these aren't—it's not like this is a, a this is happening right after that, right? We we always want to condense the time frame of of these accounts like it's it's minutes rather than who knows how much time there is. But now all of a sudden we're Abraham's right back there. He's still he's still struggling. He says, after all of this, he still says, "How am I to know, God? You got to show me. You you know you got to. You're still you still struggling here. And 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 again, so so God enters into this this covenant. Um and and you know I think this is I was thinking this I think this is where we get the the phrase we cut a deal, right? Yeah. Uh, here mm-hmm. we're gonna cut a covenant. Um, in, in, in this imagery, that this is what they did back then that they cut these animals in a half and they walked through saying, Hey, if I break this deal, let this happen to me as well. And mm-hmm. so this is a, um, a, a common um, uh, sort of uh, covenant uh, practice in, in these days, but obviously here, and as we'll see in, in just a few verses. This is very, very different because this is uh, the God of the universe, um, the God of Abraham, who is entering into this this promise um, uh, with Abraham, and then and ultimately uh, even even with us.
0: And that's really interesting to talk about cut a deal because it's always like, okay, you benefit, I benefit. We both kind of do our part, but we keep a distance in this whole thing. It's kind of a it's very just how we think it was then and it is now. So he makes the the sacrifice, he cuts it, and then the reality is, and I like how it explains it, is is the Lord walks between these halves, you know? And he's like, Guess what? I'm gonna do the whole thing. This covenant is not a I do this part, you do your part, and then we're good. It's my covenant is unbreakable for my end, and it's all gift to you, which is totally different than how we think in the world, which is always, you know, I give you something, you give me something, we go home happy, as opposed to the Lord does it all, and there's nothing that we can give in return. Any thoughts?
1: Yeah, well, you know, just first and foremost, you know, some people— you know, may look at this and say, oh, this is some sort of old-fashioned, ancient uh, process that we don't worry ourselves about anymore. But, mm-hmm. boy, today uh, it's really important uh, that you sign your name on the dotted line if you're entering into something. You still have these sort of look for these tangible, almost ritualistic uh, 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 activities to to uh, to. Ensure a, a promise and a guarantee from another, but but as you were saying too, you know, as we move on to the to the next section, uh, Abram, he's asleep during the second half of this when when this really happens again. It's all God doing the work.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Abram yeah. is is passive in this completely. That's a good point. Let's let's continue on with that in mind about about. You know, Abram's and, and when he is doing things, he's not necessarily helping the situation. So let's um, go 12 through 16. <laughs> As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram. And behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord God said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation and, they, and, and that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for you, you should go to your fathers in peace. You shall be, be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Here's, here's a very strong uh, prophecy about the future, and, well, it's not a great prophecy, so how would you break that down?
1: Well, like you were saying earlier, you know, first he goes back to the past, see how I was working in the past, Abram. And and now he he gives this prophecy and he says, Abram, I'm going to be working there too. And, of course, he's talking about uh, the Israelites' time down in uh, Egypt and, and then their ultimate uh, exodus out of Egypt by God's hand. Um, I... So this past semester for the high school I've been teaching, uh, it's sort of an overview of the, the New Testament. And, you know, there would be days where I think one of the last class periods, I, I did first, second, third, John, Jude, and Revelation in 45 minutes. And so you're just flowing through and trying to give overall uh, um, uh, emphases and, and, and themes in these these the scripture verses, but one of the things that I was struck at that I'd never seen before without having seen it from this view was just even in the New Testament, how much is about uh, how God is working through suffering into the difficult times in life. And I think God sort of uh, gives a a forecase, so to speak, of that here for Abram, that I will continue to work. There will be suffering, and and you will question, and you'll wonder if I'm there. But this is all according to my plan,
0: and and I will work good out of this for you. And and, and that's—well, we always need that reminder— We always need that reminder. And for when they look at this, he is speaking about how he had been faithful in the past. Now he's going to be faithful even through this. And you think about how we often will talk about, well, you know, things will get better. You know, so we're kind of usually thinking in a short term, like a month from now, it'll be better. Uh, Six months from now, it'll be better. A week or an hour from now, it'll be better. You just take that little nap and everything will be solved. But here, he kind of gives them the full meal deal of saying, hey, 400 years, they will be (laughs) down and out. This will be your family. By the way, there's going to be a lot of them. Look at the stars. That's just great. But they'll be in in slavery for 400 years, and you will live a long time. And you're kind of like, I'm not so sure if this is what I was hoping for. So what's God doing there? What's your thoughts?
1: Well, you know, it just reminds me how, you know, even as adults, we're we're like the little toddler that wants Wants it all and wants it right now, yeah. and and God is is showing right that He is the one that's patient. Uh, he is the one that's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And again, it goes back to this faith, this trust in God, knowing that He, what He has done for us, for you and me today, it's it's we see it in the context and the shadow of the cross and the empty grave. That, that God has been faithful to his promises. He's always worked good for us, and, and we can trust him now. And not knowing when the suffering or whatever the struggle is now will end, we know that our hope is in him, and, and not in the situation, not in how we feel about it, but it's in him and him
0: alone. And this is where I love the patience piece in verse 16. Where, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation. So he's speaking about them coming back to the promised land. Um, Obviously, this is very, there's a lot more to the story than what he's telling them. But then he speaks really about the patience that he will have, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Speaking about how the sins are going to be the same in 400 plus years, longer than that. That, that the patience of the Lord extends beyond your generation, beyond your time, and it is there for his people, which is a great comfort to me because just think about how, how much, as you, as, you, as you talked about, as a toddler, we never be, get beyond toddler age. We just have a few more days that we are willing to wait as opposed to right now. And there he's telling them, despite it being 400 years, despite them being sojourners, despite them being slaves, um, that God will be patient through it all? And why is that important for us in our own lives? I think just, you
1: know, the patience shows the love and grace of God. I, I talk to, I hear from a lot of my members today that, you know, you, you, you fast forward to those last words in, in Revelation, it's, Amen, come quickly, Lord Jesus, and we want that. But here we see, again, just His, his patience, uh, so that more be saved, and so that he can continue to work out his plan uh, i I used this story. It was a revelation for me that I saw the chuckle. My members are kind of tired of it. When my daughters became old enough to have uh, um, chores, one of their chores was to go around the night before garbage pickup and uh, uh, gather up the garbage, and then Dad would take the big bin out to the end. Well, I can count on maybe one hand the number of times where they did things like I had expected, they'd forget or they'd just be obstinate or whatever it was and and there was one day where I was driving to work and it was garbage day and I was all frustrated because they hadn't done what had been asked of them and then all of a sudden it dawned on me that, you know what, I do the same thing to my Heavenly Father and yet His love and His patience for me is never ending and so it gave me just a, a great context to understand again the patience and and grace of God again to trust in Him, but to thank God that even in the suffering, that His patience is for our good and for our love and for the love of the world.
0: And that's <laughs> yeah, we have to be patient with one another as people will be patient, hopefully, with us. As and this is good for the church to remember as the Lord is very patient with us on account of Jesus. And it's, it's, it's as long as 400 years. It's as long as the Amorites can commit sins. And guess what? We are like the Amorites. So, Pastor, as we look at verses 1 through 16, is there anything else you wanted to highlight?
1: Uh, again, just uh, uh, just echo what I, I've said already, again, just how it's it's overwhelming in the context of of Abraham's highs and lows, that God is faithful, and He continues to come uh, to love, to forgive, to uh, to do all of those things that we so desperately need. That we are in so many ways well, we are <laughs> children of Abraham,
0: right? That's right, Father Abraham, and many sons. And many sons of Father <laughs> Abraham. <laughs> and that's and that's where and that's a good reminder because we can use that as oh wow, look at us, we are part of that lineage which we believe to be that in faith in the Lord Jesus, we are part of that lineage. Jesus had to fight this all the time in the Gospels. At the same time we were, we were reminded that as uh, to be a son of Abraham, a daughter of Abraham means that we are indeed sinful as well. That is why yeah. we still need. Jesus, So, Pastor, I want to ask this question, because I think, it, I think it's something that we can definitely um, make as a practical reality in this, is it's hard to be patient, very hard to be patient. And for our listeners, how would you encourage our listeners, as maybe they're going through an anxious time, either at home or even in the church, or, or our pastors or church workers, other people, how, do, how would you encourage them about being patient, what should they do as a Christian person as we look at trying to be patient as the Lord is encouraging and proclaiming to Abram today? Well, I, I you know, I think first and, and foremost um, that, boy, we're all
1: in the same boat, um, that you and I are, are just like Abram, um, struggling to, to understand and, and to have this patience and to see here that a bigger picture of what uh, God is doing that, um, we don't have to be um, so beholden to the moment, but God gives us a bigger picture, and, and we understand that this is a part of the context of something. But also, you know, with Abram, and, and I've seen it so many times in my life, and I know you have too, where you look at a situation and you go, wow, I just don't know how I'm going to get through it. I don't know how this is going to turn out. And, and, and we can't conceive of it, but but then we see God working. Um, and, and sometimes, it, let's be honest, it isn't fixing the situation, but it's giving us strength. It's, it's feeding us with the hope of His Word and the forgiveness. It's surrounding us with a community of believers who, who lift us up in prayer, who care for us in real and tangible ways that just being in Scripture and God coming to us in His Word gives us the context of how He's working, uh, sometimes in in ways we can never conceive of, but yet God is always there, and, and, and God is always working for our good.
0: Let's continue on, verses 17 through 20. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day the Lord Made a covenant with Abram, saying, "To your offspring I give you this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Canaanites, the Kenizzites, the Kadamites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites." So let's let's let's. Go with the first one there. All of a sudden you have, what, a walking fire pod and a flaming torch that goes between the sacrifices? What's going on here?
1: <laughs> well, obviously here we have the presence of God, right? We have this, the, we see so much throughout Scripture um, in, in the fire, the, the, uh, the presence of God, but also uh, this, uh, this, the torch, the smoke. Um, I'm reminded of, of Isaiah and his call in, in Isaiah 6. There's just so many uh, the Mount Sinai and God's presence there. We have God present in a real tangible way, and again, Abram's asleep through all of this. Uh, You know, he is totally passive, and it's only God who walks through. It's not both parties here, but it's God alone.
0: And this is where um, we do see that quite a bit. Where there is fire, um, you know, the fire by day. Uh, by night, excuse me, for the Israelites, that you, and then when, when, when God came to Moses in the burning bush, that this is the presence of God who's walking through all of this. You know that He walks through, you know, sin, death, and the devil. He doesn't go around it or try to deny it. He's walking through all of this for the sake of our salvation. And right now, it's just showing God is going to be present through this. I'm going to be present through all of these things, even when you don't feel that he is. And then he makes a promise. And the promise is that this land would be yours. And he names every single nation that one can think of um, that is part of the land. Any insights on that or reason why he goes through that list? Um, just, again, to show, I think it's in part to show that
1: he is not only, he's a God a history, right? He's, he, he may be uh, working behind the scenes, so to speak, but but God is working, and, and God is a God over all, not just the, the God of the Israelites. Certainly it's through them that He chose to work and bring about His promise of salvation. Um, but again, He's going to work in, in incredible ways that uh, the Israelites and, and we, by faith, will be able to witness and see.
0: And so as we look at this, it... It's, it's a fascinating insertion that he has continuously throughout the book of Genesis, and this is something that we'll highlight as we continue on, is as they're on their way to the promised land, there are many enemies, and these enemies seem to be surrounding them at every turn. And I think this is important for us to remember, too, that as Christian people, that we are surrounded, I wouldn't go around telling, calling people enemies, but people who have different understandings of the true God, a different understanding of faith. And that can really lead us down in directions that we do not want to be. And it reminds me as, you know, like as you work with high schoolers, you know, I've I've been one to work with track athletes many years. And one of the common things that we are always worried about with our young people is are they in a good crowd? And that is that is a vital thing for our young people. Guess what? It's a good thing even as you get older. It was a good thing for the people in those days as well. And so it was definitely an admittance that surrounding you there will be evil. Not everyone's going to believe in the Lord God, Yahweh, but the Lord will be able to sustain you through that. So continue to stick to him. Any thoughts on how that relates to us today? Who surrounds us and the promises of Christ?
1: Well, something you said Uh, earlier that, that really caught my attention that I've seen a lot. And we were, we were talking earlier about funerals and such. And I I know you see it and I see it too. I think there's so much in, uh, our world today that wants to, to see a, a struggle, see pain as something to be avoided at all costs and, and to never really deal with those struggles. Um, but, but to avoid them, to skirt them, to go around them. And, and I, I think here we see, and, and, we see it in our lives that, um, God, no, God calls us to go through the difficult times, go through the struggles, but we don't do it alone. God is with us. And, and He's the one who strengthens us. He's the one who leads us to it, to our own promised land, salvation with Him forever.
0: So, Pastor, we have a few minutes left in our time. As you look at Genesis chapter 15, how would you encourage our listeners, summarize, me, summarize this chapter and also encourage our listeners?
1: I remember when I was in high school it was the first time I got this idea of, well, I'm going to read through the Bible. So I got one of those, read through the Bible in a year. And and I for the first few years, I got to confess, I got, I think, about halfway through, uh, Leviticus or Numbers <laughs> and kind of quit at that point. Um, but eventually I did. And then as I was reading all these accounts of the Old Testament, um, I would sit there and go, man, those guys were idiots. Yeah. The, the Abraham, the Israelites, they, they just didn't get it. And then all of a sudden it, it, it became so obvious to me that, oh, my goodness, I am just the same. I'm just the same as they are. And, and so now as, as I read this and as I encourage others to read it, to, to, to see to see God doing these things, and, and he still does them for us. He's still faithful. He's still forgiving. And he is still patient um, in, in working out his plans of salvation for each of us. And he never leaves us. He's always with us.
0: Pastor Marty Mabley of Lord of Glory Lutheran Church in Elk River, Minnesota, giving us God's strong word from Genesis chapter 15. Pastor Mabley, thank you. Happy, happy Pentecost, and thank you for bringing us his gifts. Thank you so much.
1: It was my pleasure. Uh, God's richest blessing to you and each of your listeners.
0: God's promises are true, and it is faith that he calls us to, that he believed the Lord and it was counted to him as righteousness. And that is what we have, counted as righteous in the blood of our Lord Jesus. Forgiven, redeemed, and loved by him. This is who we are, God's covenant straight upon us. And this is our hope. I'm your host, Brady and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hand.